Before we get started, we'd like to open the airwaves to one of the fellow indie podcasters we love. To show your support and find out more about this amazing podcast, head to our show notes. Do you ever wonder what would happen if, well, if... If you give a dad a podcast. Hello, all my beautiful people. Hey, Mom, I'm not going to college like we planned. I'm going to take a couple years off. I just gave all my college money to this uh, professional wrestling promoter. And uh, yeah, I'm going, to be a, I'm going to be a big superstar one day. I, I'm, a, I'm a human and I'm a chiropractor. I wasn't about to call you dad, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what you call a nerd fan. In the Monos Chronicles, the new web series that I'm working on. We inadvertently made that kid cry. We didn't mean to. I mean <laughs> People get really mad at those videos. For some reason, like it triggers really? certain people. Yeah. First tryout, made the team, made starting position. I was right guard for a little while. Hey, Jared, that's where I was going to tell you about. Here it is. It's going to be from a, a nerdy dad's point of view. You're starstruck. It's not a big deal, man. I am <laughs> I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch me face. That's why they call it if you give a dad a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Available everywhere podcasts are found. Make sure to subscribe and follow. Now on to the show. I'm going to go on a limb here. I liked it. I like this movie too. I, <laughs> I honestly, I feel like I have nothing to say because I actually really liked it. <laughs> I mean, I have comments, obviously, and I actually have some questions, but reading the premise, and again, we say it a lot, but I can't judge a movie by its trailer or synopsis because it sounds fucking ridiculous when you read it on paper, but this was really fucking good. I mean, honestly, we should have known it would be good. It has Mel Gibson and Walter Scoggins in it. Like, yeah, both great actors and did not disappoint. It did. It really didn't. I um, I was pleasantly surprised by the outcome of the whole thing. Like, I was afraid, like, oh, it's got a good start. It's going to end shit- shitty or something like that. I but- got worried because... I felt like there was not enough time to wrap up in uh-huh. any sort of meaningful way. But I do think they did a good job with it. So. They did. They did. So I was like, I was ready to say like the ending was terrible. And now I'm like, oh, actually, it wasn't that terrible. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I'm going to I'm going to get us started. Yes. Yeah. This is I hate it. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. We watched Fat Man tonight and apparently had a great time (laughs) had a great time i will say this is not a feel-good christmas movie no necessarily it was kind of a bummer at times it was a bummer but i feel like it's something that was very with the times in terms of santa well chris (laughs) chris's outlook on the youth of america well not even just chris's but just in general it seems like we're we're meant to understand that like everybody sucks i mean not far off yeah i'm I'm not gonna say that's (laughs) wrong (laughs) yeah that does seem to be the way the way things are going yeah and i guess i felt like in the beginning of the movie i was like that's such a big problem how do they pause it to fix that Mm -hmm. with this movie and i don't necessarily know if the ending makes me feel like they're gonna fix it for real yeah but i guess there was a solution posited and I guess I could see it working at least to some degree yeah okay so how do we start okay so we start (laughs) we start with this little rich kid prick who yeah he sucks 
At first, I thought he was just going to be, like, annoying, but no, he was a fucking asshole. Yeah, and he was super pretentious as well. Yeah, and... Oh, I just, real quickly, because this is such a core issue for him, and then also for Walter Scoggins, who is also... He's credited as Skinny Man, which is interesting, because yeah. at the end of the movie, Santa get his does name. identify him as Jonathan Miller. So I don't know why he's credited that way. I guess maybe just as an adversary. Mm. Like an opposition to the fat man. You have the skinny That's man. what I thought. Because I actually, you know, I watched the subtitles and it came so up skinny I, yeah. man. And I was like, oh, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Like he's yeah. opposing. I guess I'm just not fully on board with that decision. The lingo. I I don't get it. I I don't really get why they did it that way. But regardless, a core experience for both of these kids is absent parents or at least a father. I don't know what happened to Billy's mother. I don't know. I guess she died because his dad has a new girlfriend. So we don't really know what happened to his mom. Why do we always pick movies that are surrounded in daddy issues and then those people go on to just be terrible humans murdering other people i'm thinking nurse 3d i'm thinking abandon that we just did now yeah we these um, guys <laughs> the the problem is i pick them so that might be a subliminal oh. message <laughs> i tend yeah, to well, I mean, scope these out regardless of the daddy issues you and i may or may not have at least we haven't gone around murdering people which is what it seems like our movie characters like to do <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So I think we're meant to understand that Billy's issues come from his absent father, which is weird because his grandmother seems very supportive. Yeah, she's very present. This time with her. So like, why is he so I mean, I know you can't really replace a father figure, but he's to the point where he is putting out hits on other people who (laughs) you're 13. (laughs) Who wrong him. And it's like, where did you even learn how to do that? Yeah, that's. (laughs) Right. Where did you learn how to do that? How did you get this contact? His driver knew somebody, but like, how does his driver know somebody? Well, his driver must have some shit up his sleeve too, I guess. Maybe his dad is involved in sort of nefarious stuff, but we don't know that. So it's just kind of weird. You think he's just a rich kid, but it's not like all rich kids have uh, an assassin on speed dial. Right. At least to my knowledge. And I honestly didn't think, because like it opens up where he's writing a letter to Santa and we don't know exactly what is in the letter. I mean, I guess now we can kind of assume the dad wanting the dad there maybe. Maybe, but I mean, he was looking in a box for it or like he opened. Right. So, I mean, it could have been who the fuck knows, but I immediately go, I didn't know rich kids wrote (laughs) notes to Santa. Because I just, in my mind, this kid obviously has everything handed to him. So you don't need Santa for that, you know? No, but it does seem like in this world mm-hmm. in which Santa exists and which everybody acknowledges that Santa exists, adults and children included, it's not even really a matter of believing in Santa in this movie. Everybody knows he exists. It seems like he makes one toy per good child. And the rest of the gifts are probably from, from fam- right. family. But these are almost like, and I think that's why Skinny Man is so obsessed with collecting them because they're rare. You know, yeah. you get one, and if you're a good kid, you get one, but if you're not, then you don't. So there's, it's not like everybody's running around with toys from Santa's workshop. So I got the impression that they're a hot commodity. And yeah. That they're really special, and that's why they have that little plate on it that's like from Santa's workshop. Yeah, I did like that detail. That was cool. Like, it did. Yeah. I kind of liked 
some of the little Christmassy qualities of the movie. Yeah, because, because as much as it was, it wasn't a Christmas yeah, movie. It wasn't. It didn't feel very Christmassy. It got Christmassy when I got <laughs> to see the elves' booties, and I was oh like, god. "Oh my god!" When they clipped their belts off, a, a, I wanted to cry. I know. Well, we will get there, guys. We will get <laughs> I, there. I know. We have but military that, intervention. And I was gonna say that the part where they are going to the uh, the cafeteria in the workshop and mm-hmm. it's all like sugary desserts. I love that too. Like that was so fucking cute. There were cute little nods to you yes, know to the lore tradition. Yeah, because most for most of the movie, it's not very traditional. So no, when they have these little things, and also they're just so kind of inserted subtly, so that it's they're not making a big deal about how it's mm-hmm. Christmassy. It's just like oh yeah, this is um, here's the list. Like Santa, here's your list. It's a giant book and he takes it on the sleigh with him it's not a big deal it's just like here's your book chris to be honest at that point too well okay we'll go in order just get us back on track here don yeah i mean i am i'm gonna just let it out there right away right at the tip of the show i was attracted to mel gibson as santa claus what a fucking shock i mean come <laughs> on <laughs> I know I, like, didn't have to write that down, but still. If anyone came to this episode not knowing this already, <laughs> you need to listen to our other episodes, because as soon as you know Dawn, for more than one of our episodes, you know this is her type. Yep. I didn't hate it, but I still have just a general problem with Mel Gibson as a human. Oh, but- yeah, <laughs> so. that's why I like that this movie was not only holiday-esque, because right away we're talking... You know, like you said, the lore, and the, a rewrite, not a rewriting, but a, a different kind of visualization a of what, uh, yes, of what the North Pole is, what Santa's life is like. It was just kind of like, okay, it's the character, yeah. not the actor. The actor helps. Yeah. Sa- <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have like Seth Rogen playing this role. No, but I'm just saying like Santa can get it just like <laughs> David Harbour can get it in Violent Night that well, I cannot honestly- wait to see. I was going to say, I do think he would translate just as well into this movie from Violent Night. Yes. Into, like, he could have played this He could have, well. yes, he could have. And I have. think I would have preferred that more just because Mel Gibson as a human is repulsive to me. But uh, getting past that, but we digress. Nice blue eyes. <laughs> oh my God, that scene. <laughs> I know. I was like, holy shit. I think they must have touched that up a little. Maybe. But all the stills I was looking at online, trying to, like, make the promo and everything, they're blue, man. I don't even have to touch any filters for him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, before I I get a little too hot over here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we get introduced to Skinny Man in such a funny, mob-like way that I thought it was fucking hilarious. With the baseball bat? Well, no, just the premise of he has this very empty room in a building that he... I thought we had an Unkept gem situation, and it was like he was getting... Like, before we knew about the the toys, I thought it was like somebody coming to see if diamonds were real or do a diamond Mm. exchange or something like that, because he had, like, the big mirror, like, magnifying glass light right, and all yeah. that stuff and it was very clean and empty so i was like oh what the-? and then he puts a bat on the table and i'm like yeah. what the fuck is this for he's handling it with gloves <laughs> it's like, yeah that guy just had his hands all over it so why do you need that and i love on? how the guy's like how long does it take and he goes as long as it takes and i'm like well what are we doing like yeah i don't even know what he was looking for authenticity was- maybe well yeah and that's why i thought maybe he was poking at the maiden santa's workshop mm. thing because maybe 
if it's not the right kind of metal or something, he would have known. But it doesn't seem like it would take very long to authenticate if that's the case. (laughs) It's funny because like I have a lot of those type of plaques because my grandfather did engraving. And any chance he got, if we had an award or something, he'd make a little plaque for it or something like that. Oh, that's so cute. So to see that, I was just kind of like, yeah, there is craftsmanship in that type of way of, yeah, it's just in a machine that engraves. But I mean, a lot goes into it. I remember watching him make things and I'd mm-hmm. be like, shit, one false move. No yeah, bueno. Right. Need a steady hand. Yeah. So um, that's, yeah, it was kind of cool to see him just trying to figure out if it was authentic or not. And it was, but he gave me very Dr. Evil vibes also. Yes. He has a forehead that is built <laughs> for evil, I think. <laughs> Besides the forehead. No, but I think the forehead is just a beacon for yeah. bad things. He does have a very malevolent presence. Mm-hmm. So what we gather is Mr. and Mrs. Claus, Ruthie and Chris, they are not really reaching their quota with gifts per child because kids suck lately. Right. They're giving out too much coal. (laughs) Yeah, they're giving out way too much coal. And it's not helping them get paid by the government. (laughs) The U.S. government. And this was like a weird thing to me. You think this is a global operation. At least that's, you know, what our general understanding Mm -hmm. of Santa Claus is. So for the U.S. to be the only country that is subsidizing Santa is kind of strange to me, especially since they're not on U.S. territory. Well, he technically lives in Alaska. The town North Peak is in Alaska. Oh, okay. So he goes through Canada to get to... Fine, then I rescind my comment about that. So maybe that's why, since he's on U.S. soil... Yeah, but if he's servicing the entire planet, which I assume he is. He should be. I mean, that's the rules. Right. Then (laughs) other countries should be subsidizing him as well. So it's kind of Maybe they are, but the way they made it seem here is he is not delivering enough gifts and his funding is going to get cut by the government. Because the more gifts he gives, I guess the more people feel inclined to go shopping at Christmas time. Right. It helps the the morale of the the holiday season. Kind of weak. I wasn't really on board with that, but okay, it's what it is. But I did, I have to admit though, like just their execution of the whole story and how like serious it is and like they don't have money to feed their workers and you know like they have late bill like santa has late bills this and was the part that bummed me out dawn yes, it, i was no it was very it was bummable upsetting i i just i for a little while in the middle of the movie i really didn't like it because of that because it brought this realness to santa and christmas that was just kind of like sad i don't want to be thinking about santa not being able to make ends meet and not being able to pay the elves like that's just upsetting (laughs) well i legit Um, wrote at one point i'm like oh mr and mrs claus they're just like us but here's what i want to talk about why was that an important part of the story Because it seems to me like you could have taken Santa out of debt and there still would have been enough plot to hold this movie together. I think it was just the fact that the youth of America in particular, and I think that's why probably it just centered around the United States 
and I guess because he lives on U.S. territory, that he was taking it personally, in a way, that these kids are assholes, and instead of just trying to make the quota and, like, just do his job, he was like, okay, this kid was a really big asshole, I'm not giving him a gift just to give him a gift and meet my- you know, like, I think it became a personal thing, and that's why this whole intervention needed to happen for him to realize it's a machine and you need to oil it. Right? Grease it up. I don't know. I feel like that's Grease the wheels. That's a very unromantic take on the movie. It was very unromantic anyway. In general. Well, I guess I felt like Santa in this movie felt responsible for the youths and their misbehaving and that oh like it was his fault yes like it was his fault because he wasn't getting in there and cracking enough skulls in the off season to make sure that kids are good enough to earn presents at the end of the year i didn't know that was his job though well that's what i was getting to i was about to make that point that i don't understand why he felt that burden of responsibility but all year round yeah that seems to be the solution at the end of the movie the way he's gonna fix things is i kind of loved that though and personally (laughs) and personally threaten the kids that are being douchebags into being good because now that's another kid you can make him present for so i do think that that's the problem and the solution but it's like why is that santa's job yeah That's it should never be been the case right and it's like not all asshole kids are parentless right that's another thing thing that the movie seems to be saying is like bad kids have no parents and it's right like, and we have some- to whip them into shape yeah sometimes bad kids have bad parents and that's why they're bad kids yeah yeah basically they could be present all the time but still be assholes Mm-hmm. Yes, they can. Yeah, Christmas just was a little bit too too gritty in this movie for me, just because I felt like, not that I needed it to be a happy-go-lucky Lindsay Lohan adventure, but I did kind of want to feel a little bit of happiness, <laughs> and I don't yeah, think no, I really I felt that <laughs> at all. I did love, though, of course I'm going to backtrack because I'm just thinking about it now, but when he's in the bar in the beginning after he mm-hmm. gets the check, and doesn't want to open it because he doesn't want to know right. how much it is. The bartender's flirting with this guy and she ends mm-hmm. up going to get more whiskey, whiskey and she and he sits next to him and he's like, hi Mike. And I was like, mm-hmm. really Chris and Mike? Well, it's not. <laughs> and he's like, listen. And I loved this scene because it's like, oh, he knows when you're being naughty and he's trying mm-hmm. to nip it in the butt now before you uh, right. commit adultery. Which is like another weird thing to me is like, why? Like, why is Santa the moral compass in everybody's life? And I love what he said about Sandy. He's like, uh, she doesn't really give a shit about the marriage code. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically saying she'll fuck anything. He said it in a nicer way, obviously, but that's what he was yeah. implying. He was saying, like, it's up to you to say no to this because she's not going to. Right. Does that mean she gets coal every year? I don't know if adults get presents from Santa anymore. I don't oh, think so. Oh, Okay. But then he also took a shot with an Alka-Seltzer in it, and I thought that was very interesting. What was that? Is that a thing that people do? I don't know. I don't know how that would work. He called it a Johnny Carson. He calls it a Johnny Carson. So does it actually have a name? Is it a thing? Hold on. Now i got to look it up really quick. I mean, I don't know. I guess you're getting ahead of it. Is that the logic there? Just like drinking a lot of Pedialyte before drinking, it helps keep you hydrated while you're... Yeah, chaser, like a Pedialyte chaser. (laughs) None of these say to put an Alka-Seltzer tab in here, but there is a shot for Johnny Carson. Nothing fun, though. 
Okay. Light right, rum, so... vermouth, bitters, and a twist of lemon. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess they just made that up for this. Maybe yeah. it was a joke that we just didn't quite get, but... <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. The other thing I want to talk about, because we, we started to talk a little bit about Billy, and then we kind of skipped right past him, but... She's a douche. Yeah, well, because he was writing his letter to Santa, but he's wearing all of his blue ribbons on his chest yes. while he's doing it which is just very obnoxious but also the ribbons say best of show and i've never heard that phrase used before for like a science fair no well it's usually best in show but i guess because he's not well best in show i guess is more anim- more dog well i they're in this, the show John, oh, and okay. it just won't even come up like i don't even see anything for best of show like google doesn't recognize it's like oh you must have meant best in show and i'm like no hmm. I-, I didn't but now I guess I do but it's just kind of a weird thing to have it say and then if they didn't want to use the best in show phrase just have it say number one like <laughs> or first prize or something right I don't, like it I don't is know a, it's a ribbon that. but Billy has his fucking science show and he's a four-time winner I mean, he seems like a genius. Yeah, he his project was really cool. And I wanted to know what the girls project was who won because it has to be better than the hydroelectric plant that he built. Yeah. So he loses out to this other girl, Christine, and he's like unable to deal with this in any sort of health. Yeah, he is not happy. And he gets in the car after faking niceness with her and basically says to his driver, like, give me your contact. And then it's Walton Goggins. And he's already at a hit. He just took out a couple in their bed. And he goes outside to answer the phone call. And just him speaking, you would not think he was speaking to a 13 year old. He's like, okay, what's the pay? What's the okay? mm -hmm. All right, cool. I would think that you would have some moral compass here to be like, no, I don't do anything involving kids. Unless the amount was just very... I mean, to be fair, significant. she didn't actually get hurt. No, but just that like, oh, you had... <laughs> like you had a pickup of a child and bring her to his little science experiment yeah. lab downstairs. Basement lair. <laughs> it was very like Meet the Parents, um, Robert De Niro's lair in the basement for the CIA. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he basically threatens her and is like, you will tell them that you got assistance on this project and you cheated. But I'm like, isn't he cheating now? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't care about that. No, <laughs> I know. But it was just a matter of like, you're really going to do that when you're literally cheating right now. I mean, yes. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he has no ethical issues whatsoever. No. So, that, I mean, that paints a pretty good picture of how Billy is a bad kid. And so when he wakes up on Christmas morning and gets a box with a piece of coal in it, it's like, well, duh, yeah. obviously. Then that's the point at which he contacts Skinny Man uh-huh. and enlists him to help him kill santa now now he knew his background yes because he knew about his collecting yeah he said i know that this would be good for you because of your little collection right and it's kind of like oh shit how'd you know he had a collection right how do you know that that's so strange while we're on the subject of his collection i'm not really sure what its significance was in general because it i guess it only really serves to show us how messed up he is about this whole santa thing and the toys he never got but in the at the same time nothing about it really comes back in a significant way he brings that little car all the way to alaska just to throw it at santa and be like this is the only gift you ever gave 
gave me. And it was just like, right. that was what you wanted to do with it. It sat in a glass box for your entire life, basically. You take it out just so you can throw it in Santa's face. So he was an asshole for every year except one. Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, one good year. And then what was with the hamster? I don't know, but he was really cute. He was cute. And he seemed to really want to take care of the hamster when he got him like the little wheel for the car so that he could get yeah. his exercise when they were in the car. That was nice. But at the same time, like, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> Maybe to show he does have some... Humanity? Yeah. Maybe? <laughs> I oh, I loved when he was at the pet store and the woman's like, yes, you're, you're, a, snake you're guy. a lizard guy, you're a snake guy. <laughs> and he's like, um, you remind me of my mother, you talk too much. <laughs> and you, don't, you never know when to shut the fuck up. And you never know when to shut the fuck up. And I was like, oh, that's actually really funny. Yeah, that was uh, a good line, but rude, obviously. Rude, yeah. He's like, um, snakes eat hamsters. He kind of reminded me of Ben Affleck in Deep Water with his snails. Mm, yes. That That's how, the, how skinny man was with his hamster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are at... Oh, okay, so, so now skinny man is trying to find Santa, and the first thing he needs to do is figure out where Santa is. And he does this Google search or something. And for Christopher gets really, Claus. Gets really mad when it doesn't work out. And it's like, did you really think it was going to be as simple as going to your little database and being like, where does Santa live? But notice how he did, he put in Christopher Kringle and some place in every country came up. Yeah. So what if Santa isn't universal and there's one in every country? Oh, interesting. So he's like, oh. So he was looking for the address in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, Dawn, I love this theory. And I <laughs> wish that they would have kind of like shed more light on that if it, that because, was what they were driving at. Because you did bring up about why is it just the U.S. government? And then I'm like, wait, when he Googled yeah. it, it came up a lot of other, mm. he had several addresses. Oh, I like that a lot, Dawn. Hmm. I like that. I feel, I wish they had kind of, like this movie was pretty short. And I yeah. think. I think it could have been longer if they had fleshed out some of this logistical stuff for us and kind of built the universe a little bit more. True. But then we wouldn't have anything to talk about. True. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) One day I will make money off of my ideas. It's kind of annoying me that we can use what they've given us and come up with very reasonable answers. Right. Because I feel like for most of the movies we watch, we're just like throwing questions back and forth at each other. Like, we don't fucking know. It could be anything. And here it's like, oh, actually, that they kind of planted the seeds that, to make this make sense. Oh, man. Yeah. This uh, is not a good example of a movie we hated. <laughs> no. So, yeah, Googling him doesn't work, essentially. No. And then he calls information, I guess, to get mm-hmm. an address, which was also stupid because uh, stupid. Yeah. But he gets far enough where the person, he finally is able to say, like, can you look for a listing for Christopher Kringle or whatever? Yeah. And then they just hang up on him. It wasn't clear if that was what they're supposed to do, like if they're protecting Santa in some way and they're not supposed mm. to answer questions or if they were like, well, this is obviously a prank call, so I'm hanging up now. I think it was the prank call thing because I think- okay. The people that he does come in contact with that he asks questions, they don't say no. They just say, we don't actually have anything on him. Like, this is the most I have and it's a P.O. box. That's it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have an address. I don't have anything else. So, yeah, yeah, I think he hung up because I think the person hung up because they thought it was a prank. Well, he's very upset by all of this and he Mm -hmm. has to retool his strategy. So that's when he realizes he needs to go to the letters and the postal service. And then he kills that poor mailman who is so fucking helpful. And then finds out about the P.O. box in Mm -hmm. Alaska, whatever. I feel like I'm skipping over a lot of stuff. Was there stuff I'm missing? It's a lot of politics at Santa's (laughs) Santa's workshop. Yeah. um, That's in the middle part of the movie. But he does get a visit from the government. 
and um the mil um the head of the military captain jacobs and they want to give him a job to help him get his numbers up and i immediately am like they want him to make guns right yeah they want him to build weapons essentially for the military because they've got that great elf sweatshop going (laughs) yeah but it's um what was it it was stuff for the air force yeah, it was control panels for fighter jets or something right. like that. So, and he does like he basically doesn't want to be a sellout, and he's trying to figure out any other option than basically taking this. And he starts making phone calls, and he <laughs> he does call Elon Musk, who cannot yeah. help him out, or does not want to help him, right? Out, which is not surprising. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so he's, and he realizes that, like, the reason he's in such a slump is, yeah, again, the personal problems, and he just is gonna, you know, Ruthie kind of tells him, you know, we gotta do it, you know, yeah. I'm with you every step of the way, and I think, you know, it's only two months, and it'll help us a lot. They were the cutest married couple They ever. really were. They <laughs> really were. I so much. And... She was amazing, too. I loved her. Yes. And um, he basically calls him up and is like, yeah, we'll do it. So the military comes and we get the first view of the factory. And you see him so upset that he has to tell them, like, okay, Christmas is over, but I'm putting you back to work right now. And it's mm-hmm. under different circumstances. And he's really upset. And he really thinks that, like, they're going to be upset with him, which I don't think they are. No. I think they, it's just they a matter of, yeah, it's just a matter of, of a big change. Yeah, because now they've got oversight and all these new rules. Right, they they're to cut the jingle bells off their to... shoes. I thought it was the cutest when they legit zoomed in and they all jingle their bells. And I was like, I oh, that's really cute. That's really oh, cute. And um, and I have to admit, I liked that the military and Officer Jacob, uh, Captain Jacob, they weren't like mean at all. They no. were very accommodating yeah. and good in their introduction to what would have to be done and what the rules were. And right. They're slightly ignorant because they, they'll call the elves little workers and stuff. Right. So they're a little condescending. And then they also don't understand what's going on in their concession hall with all of the sugary Right. He's and, like, you need like, protein. Yeah, you need protein and vegetables and fiber. And so it's definitely like a clashing of cultures. Yeah. But it's also, it doesn't seem mean-spirited it's just kind of like you guys Not are at all. so different from us and we just don't understand and he compliments them because right the way they have their hierarchy yes, santa comes in chris yeah i don't know what to call him <laughs> yeah i don't know what to call him because they don't call him santa like really ever he comes in just to you know do normal check through and his main elf is number seven at first i was really turned off by that i was like why would you number your workers that's right disgusting. but not only did he number them they're walking around and he knows every number and he personally says hello to every number so i'm like okay they may be numbers but at least he's personable and gives them attention you know like well, he doesn't ignore them by number i was still weirded out until they explained why they're numbered and that like yes. that's the elves system and not santa's system right i think i would have felt very uncomfortable if santa numbered his elves but that's just how they operate and then they're like ranked by their well their number is their rank so seven is yes. the current highest elf <laughs> yes and that was seven he's like well where's one through six and he's like yeah. well we've been doing this a long time yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they have an amazing system and just the compliment of Captain Jacob saying like, it's a hell of a way to run a crew. And then when Ruthie comes out with the yeah. cookies, he's like, fuck this, like, this is a great, yeah, I could get you got a good this. system here. Yeah. Like, 
So it was nice that it's like, yeah, they had to take over for a little bit, but they're still very complimentary to the system. And right, like they're not the real enemy here no. necessarily. It's which just, you, which they yeah. were making it seem because right. he was so hesitant on taking their help. Right, so. and also now they're making weapons for the government. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a little unsavory in terms of the, just overall what they would be doing for them. So, but also at the end when Captain Jacobs is trying to help the elves get out when the all the gunfire is going on mm. and whatever, he made cover fire for them to be able to escape safely and was genuinely concerned that they were able to get out without getting hurt. So like, that was nice too. You know, like, it's not even just that they yeah. were nice to them before, but they treated them like equals like we're not going to leave you behind here even though you know we're we're not necessarily brethren (laughs) yeah and it was funny like when he was going over the rules and he's like oh we have to cut the bells off because they'll set off the metal detectors (laughs) it's like oh my god that's why i mean maybe and again they kind of softened that because that's one of the things i think that sets them up to be enemies because you're like no don't cut their fucking bells that's so sad right but his reasoning was not like because we don't do bells in the u.s military it was because oh we can't have them setting off the metal detectors all the time right so it's like a practical reason and not necessarily a prejudicial reason so i guess it could have been worse <laughs> it could have been worse it could yeah a dictatorship and then that would have right. been really yeah so the little asshole gets a <laughs> gift from his dad Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And he opens it up and it's just a huge teddy bear. Right. For like a four-year-old, basically. Yeah. (laughs) And he gets pissed and throws it across the room. Granted, I'd be pissed too. But then I would also use my noggin and I would think, my dad's fucking rich, obviously. What if there's money stuffed in the bear? So you just slice open the bear? But like, I don't know. I have a weird brain. But like (laughs) something, but something of value could have been in the bear and he had to disguise it. You know what I mean? But then I think about it and I'm like, eh, I don't think he really gave a shit about the kid anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I, my first thought was not that there was more presents hidden inside the bear. <laughs> not even presents, I'm just saying just money. Well, even that, I mean, the effort that it would take to put money inside of a bear and then stitch it back up, I don't know. See, I'm not saying just, he had to do it. He has just, people. Oh, they they have companies that make bears with money inside them? Yeah, build a bear. Honestly, it seems like a bad gift idea because so many people would not realize that there was money inside their bear. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the return address label. If it comes from money inside a bear, yeah. then, then there's probably money inside your bear. Money bears. <laughs> Moneybears.com. So, oh, and back to the elves again and their numbers, how they say they don't reissue the numbers because it would be yeah. like, really? Yeah, Dispar- I'm like, that's sad. Yeah, I was like, oh. It's like when they retire jerseys in sports. Yes. <laughs> so Chris gets told that the suits are coming because they want to talk to him. And they show up and they are, he obviously knows who they are. That was another thing I liked about this, how he just knows everybody because he's Yes, and that was another like Christmassy thing, part of the lore that they don't make a big deal out of. Mm -hmm. Like it's really not, like it's just the way he is. And we just accept it because we know, oh yeah, he's Santa. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're basically like, listen, this production you got going on here is amazing. And we want to give you this whole, you know, we want you to do this every year for 15, like a Mm -hmm. contract for 15 years all that stuff and then the one reindeer like goes to bite the one guy and he's like it's a good thing it wasn't blitzer because she'll tear your package right off and i was like that's amazing there was weird tension between santa and that guy though yeah well he said he's like oh we came a long way haven't we or something so he must have been an asshole kid too Yeah, maybe he was a bad kid but he didn't turn into a murderer so there's that no so skinny man makes his 
venture through Canada to Alaska. And um, he needs to get like a new, he needs to be incognito, obviously. (laughs) Right. So he goes to the ski shop and uh, it was so funny. He's like going through all the coats and he's like, oh, what does he say? Too many sticks. I'm not a fucking tree. Yeah. He had good lines. stupid. Green is stupid. Tan makes me look fat. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God. And then he sees this really, actually really nice white coat hanging out. I mean, it was a whole ski suit. Yeah, whole ski suit. And he gets the whole thing. Like, he yeah. gets the skis, and the, the skis. goggles. <laughs> yeah. The whole shebang. And um, he then, again, drives more so that he can get to the town that the P.O. Box is in. And that's um, North Peak. He goes into the post office and he talks to the main guy. And I'm like, I really hope he doesn't kill this guy. He's so sweet. I know. Oh, my God. And he's like asking questions, getting answers, though. And then Sandy comes in and she's like dropping off a package. And I thought this was a little funny, too. He's like, oh, does Crystal drive that green green Chevy? And she's like, no, Red Ford. And I was like, yeah, okay. Nice, nice nod to that. So then he ends up staking out the post office because the the man who works there, uh, Her- uh, Harold, Harold, I, I don't think? know. <laughs> okay, he does <laughs> have a name, attention. and it was brought up at some point. He says he's like, oh, he comes in every couple of days. Mm-hmm. So obviously, skinny man's not going to take any chances, and he decides to just plop his ass across the street and be on the lookout. So now Chris is in better spirits. Things are looking up. Obviously, he's getting along with everybody now that you know, like everybody that's at his house and the compound and all of that. The good system is running and things are going to get better. And, um, you know, he did get a bigger check. So then he heads over to the bar and he sees Sandy and she's about to pour him a Johnny Carson. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's too early for that stuff. And um, she's like, how about a glass of milk? And she's like, do you want me to warm it up for you? And I never understood warm milk. I mean, I never understood it as a sleep aid. Like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't actually help you fall asleep. But I know that that was the whole thing with warm milk. Right. Like, before bed. To fall asleep. And my grandma used to make it for me sometimes when I was sleeping over at her house or whatever. And I'd get up with a bad dream or something. She'd heat up some milk for me. I always make my hot chocolate with milk. So warm milk doesn't really gross me out because I I drink it with chocolate in it. So (laughs) So that's fine. I guess. And speaking of milk really quick, did you see that thing I sent you about Pepsi and milk? Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, I didn't watch it. (laughs) Well, no, it's nothing to watch. It's just the fact that they're literally putting Pepsi in milk and making it a thing. And I love that now the ads are like, Stop trying to make pilk happen. It's not going to happen. Because <laughs> well, it has Lindsay Lohan in it. Right. Yeah. It was a great ad. Don't get me wrong. But I don't understand the concept. People are saying it's like a like a root beer float kind of thing. Okay. Which I, I guess. I uh, get. I, yeah. Like the I sh- like, like a good float. But just watching you pour a Pepsi into just a glass of milk look disgusting. So that's pilk. Maybe I will try it. We could try it when we watch the the gingerbread. Oh, no. Ginger I have a special man. cocktail for that. <gasps> you do? I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, get ready. It's going to be fun. Woohoo! Okay. So Chris makes it to the post office and Skinny Man wants to legit snipe him out right there. <sighs> yeah. Go can ahead. we talk about this for a second? Just because yeah. I feel like for a professional hitman, he is super sloppy. Yeah. I mean, it would have been really stupid to just cap Santa outside the post office in broad daylight with tons of witnesses. Exactly. But in addition to that, he's also just extremely blase about the people that he kills. 
And I know maybe it's an attempt to cover his tracks, but the more bodies you leave in your wake, the more likely you are to get caught, I would think, because you can't just kill everyone you come into contact with. And especially when they have families and things that people would want to investigate to figure out who killed their loved one. you're you're just creating more problems for yourself so i feel like a good assassin slash hitman or you know anything in this sort of genre of like gotta keep it low-key under the radar you don't want to be killing every single person you talk to (laughs) on your journey i'm also curious like why he became a hitman like is it just because you didn't get toys from santa like i i well, I mean, I think that's part of it, but also it sounds like he also had absent parents. And so, as we know, kids without parents just grow up to be assholes. And murderers. So, True. Right. Exactly. So I think maybe he enjoys helping get revenge on other people's subject of revenge. <laughs> yeah. Because he just loves to, to get revenge. Yeah. And with all of his good mood, Chris and Ruthie then bone. Yeah, they're having sex when it all when all the when shit it's goes all going down. <laughs> and then he gets his stash under the bed of all his like semi automatic weapons. Super calm. And I guess it makes sense because later he's like, You think you're the first person to come after me? So I guess that they're kind of used to this happening every once in a while. Okay, but... and then on Christmas night when he ca- when he came yeah, home he and that shot. like holy shit, I'm like, he's gushing blood. I know. And he just does a little stitch stitch and then goes to bed. He obviously has magical healing powers, Mm -hmm. which again, we're just kind of like, okay, he's Santa, so I guess he's got something. But I feel like there's got to be a A limit. A limit, and I guess there's not. But, um, yeah, because he got shot in the head, and you would in think the that eye, would be, like yeah, in the like, fucking eye. That likely went through his brain, so I would feel I feel like that would be a harder healing situation. But we don't know his magic, so no. So Skinny Man starts shooting off all the military guys, which I find interesting because I understand he's in white, but he's also wearing like big ski goggles, and it's the military. Like none of these guys can get him. Yeah. I... I mean, it's that he definitely has a lot of ammo and a very powerful weapon. And I don't know that they were all necessarily ready to subdue the I guess, intruder. yeah. They were keeping an eye on things, but I don't think they ever really expected that they would have to <laughs> ward right. anybody off. But I did think it was interesting. I don't think any elves were killed. No. But there were a lot of humans, a lot of human military personnel killed. So it was almost like the movie was drawing that line of like, we can kill humans, but we can't kill elves. Right. It's like, (laughs) it's like you can kill people, but not dogs. You know, it's that Mm -hmm. thing in the movie. You can't kill the beloved characters that everyone is. Because I was thinking myself, I was like, if something happens to Seven, I'm so out of this movie. (laughs) Seriously. I was going to be very upset. And Chris gets out of the house, has his gun, whatever, ready to go. And he sees Skinny Man and says his name, Jonathan Miller. Now, my aunt was up here and I'm like, I'm not pausing it because I don't want it. I don't want to take up time. So I'm like listening to her and I'm watching at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, is he the dad? And I said that because in the beginning, the kid Uh says to the grandmother, calls the dad by his first name, John. She's like, oh, your dad's not going to make it. Okay. Your dad's not going to make it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, whatever. We're just seeing John. John. And then when he's, and then when Chris says, like, calls him Jonathan, and I was like, oh. Maybe he doesn't know because the dad's just never around traveling. And then I'm like, well, what if he does know it's his dad and it's just like a transactional thing? I mean, like if you're not going to be around, at least help me out with shit. 
no, I feel like they would have made that clearer. Then don't name him Jonathan and don't make sure that the kid. No, and then don't make sure that the kid says the name if we're never going to meet the guy. Oh, I was looking forward to seeing John. All right, give him another fucking name. If you're then going to say that the skinny man's name is Jonathan. Of course I'm going to put those two together and feel like I'm a genius, but clearly I'm not. Well, I was trying to make connections in a similar way because I felt like things had to be more connected than they appeared. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, oh, maybe the kid's dad is Santa or maybe this is taking place in two different timelines and the kid grows up to be Jonathan Miller. That would have been fucking great. I know. And I was real upset when that didn't happen. That would have been fucking wild. Yeah, it was almost like it felt like two different time periods that they were in. Kind of, yeah. A little bit. Just because where the kid, where Billy is growing up, it feels like a very old, old house. Um, yeah. So it kind of felt like less technology. And then you see Guinea Man, he's got like a MacBook and like all kinds of stuff. So it just kind of seemed like they were out of sync timeline wise, but that did right. not turn out to be the case. So I was also trying to make these extra connections to see it coming later on. But I don't think I don't think that that is what was intended. Oh, I think they would have made more of it if that was true. I would. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't think they would have been so subtle with it, especially given, you know, we see Billy again after uh, Chris kills. Oh, uh, we do see him. him. Fucking asshole. Okay, so they have a shootout, which I read took over four days to shoot because it was under 36 degrees Celsius when they were. Yeah. Yeah, this movie made me feel cold. (laughs) Yeah, very cold. So they have their shootout. And just when you think that Chris has a handle on it, Jonathan does that like sneak dagger thing and like yeah. gets them like right Stabby through the chest. Stabby Stabby Stab Santa right in the right, right in the, in the chest. chest. Right in the abdomen area. All the bad places to stab, he gets stabbed there. Yeah. And then he's able to then get up, gets his gun, and blows a shot right through his eye. And I'm like, <gasps> like I was like all like no I know. I thought and for a second, I was like, I knew it. I knew this movie was going to end with Santa dying. And it was just going to be this like horrible wasteland of like, fuck it. Because that's when I was thinking to myself, there just wasn't enough time to resolve mm-hmm. everything. Yes. And so I was like, the only way this movie could end in the next 10 minutes is if Santa just dies. And then we're left with the aftermath of what happens right. when Santa is dead. So for, for a little while, I was like, well, fuck, that's how this is ending. And then I was like, oh, he's probably got regenerative properties. Yeah. So <laughs> Ruthie and Cut. Ruthie comes out, takes a shot at Jonathan. Jonathan shoots back, chases her into the house, and she's able to blow a hole in his head too. Thank God. Now, also seven after the aftermath, because then Ruthie goes to Chris and, you know, he ends up waking up and I'm like, of course he does, but still, that's wild. Seven goes into the house and gets mm-hmm. the book out of his jacket and we don't get to see or know what's in that book. Um, we do. I mean, we don't get to see it, but we know what he wrote in it, because that's where he writes down all of his jobs. Right, but also, we know the current jobs. So, I mean, what other info's in there? I guess, but I think... I think the reason why they showed him doing that was because that's how they were able to trace it back to Billy. Oh, yeah. True. Okay. Otherwise, they wouldn't have known who put the hit. Yeah. So... So we go back to Billy's house and he's passing his grandma's room and <laughs> she is on the phone with the bank realizing her money is gone. Yes. And I find it so I, I meant to bring that up before too. He forged two checks and again, genius, has a light box with her signature yep. and yep. just like fuck. Now the grandma, you could tell, 
is a bad bitch because she's oh, yeah. about she's gonna freaking throw hands Mm-hmm. If that money's not recovered. And he, this little fuckhole, goes and takes, I'm not even going to bring it up yet, but takes one of her pill bottles, goes into his office and starts opening up all the pills and putting them in her milk. As this is happening, the poor maid, Helga, I don't know Helga. what her name is, Helga, yes, Helga, opens the door and we don't see who it is at first. But we and, know. But we know. <laughs> you know. You, you know, and then, God, it always comes back to Dane. If it's not Gabriel, it's Dane. So she knocks on the door and he's like, damn it. I told you, like, I want to be alone. Like, no interruptions. And she just opens the door. She doesn't give a fuck. Opens the door. Ruthie walks in first and he's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Ruthie and this is Chris. And he walks in and he has his hood up. He's bandaged. And he walks over to the desk, picks up the milk. Now, Billy had already already stirred. put the stuff in there. Already put it in. I'm like, oh, shit. Now, again, you just had a shot through the face. So I know this isn't going to affect him. But wow. That (laughs) was a lot of pills. Yeah. And he drinks the whole thing and goes, huh, fentanyl. That would have done it. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, that would have done it. Holy shit. I get that you're immortal, but you were also healing from the last fatal wound. So maybe you just don't stress your system by ingesting 12 times the recommended dosage of fentanyl. Maybe. Because that shit. Holy shit. So little of fentanyl can kill you. Yeah. So like the dose that he was giving her was that would like kill a horse, basically. Yes. And I just want to go back real quickly. When Helga brings them into the room, she has this look on her face like she knows exactly who they are. So I don't know if they introduce themselves at the door. But she kind of has this smug kind of look like you're about to get exactly what you deserve, kid. And it was just kind of like, what do you, how do you know what, what's going on? Right. right. Now? <laughs> how do you know what's about to happen? Yeah. Everybody, all the adults know who Santa is, I guess. Right. Yeah, I guess. Or I've had an encounter once <laughs> maybe or twice. Maybe they let him in the door, you know, because if everybody is aware of Santa, maybe the parents, when Santa comes around on Christmas Eve, they just like open door like, hey, Chris, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the present. We're good. Don't waste your time down that chimney that doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we don't have a chimney, you could just come in the door. Yeah. So he sits down and Ruthie starts to take down his hood, take his hat off, and unwrap the bandages. And this is when I was like, we need this Santa in our lives. <laughs> Only because he gave it to this fucking kid straight. And he's like, listen, I swear to God, if you fucking... <laughs> If you come in contact with that girl, if you even try to kill your grandmother again, you're going to hear from me. And it's like, fuck. Because, like, the level of threat was so good. But at the same time, since it was coming from Santa, I don't know. It was, like, magical. (laughs) Magically threatening. (laughs) Magically threatening. But, yeah, he's like, I'm going to fucking come back. And Cole's the last thing you're going to have to fucking be worried about. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, you little asshole. What is Um, Santa going to do to him if he does something Right? He's going to kill him? (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, I just love the whole proving. Because he does say, like, I will come when you're sleeping. I will rip you out of your bed. I'm like, whoa, yeah. like this is intense, but well, that, that was, also that's why proving. I'm saying, like, is, does he intend? Does he actually intend to kill this kid if he's a bad kid? Forever? No, I think like, he's just very, very good at threatening. Like, I like. I don't think he's all talk, but I also think like he's not going to kill him. But I will make <laughs> your life a living hell if you continue to be a fuckhole. So that was 
that. And then they go back to North Peak, aka the North Pole. They are concocting a whole new system based on the current events that have just happened with them. And uh, they have the hamster. Yeah, good. I was wondering what was going to happen to that poor hamster. And also, he can get it with an eye patch. Just Again, saying. No one should be surprised by this. <laughs> Don't be surprised, but I just have to make it a point to say that. But yeah, so they basically, everything is great. They have a new system in place. Everybody's happy. And, you know, it was kind of like a nice, we're in this together moment with Chris and Ruthie. And yes. I do, I love them as a couple. And I loved how that ended. And I really, I cannot complain about this movie. No, this movie was good. Again, it's not going to make you feel the warm and fuzzy Christmas spirit, but it's not ridiculous. Hmm, a little bit. Eh, I don't know. It has its moments. I think the fact that it's a Christmas movie, you're already kind of expecting things to be a little unhinged because you have to accept some degree of magic. Yeah. What would you say was ridiculous about the movie? Just the whole premise of it, I think. Just the the simple everyday that like Santa is just an everyday guy and he gets his mail at the post. Like, and then, you know, there's just a lot of, and even Skinny Man's whole thing with the toys and like the degree he'd go like that poor kid is like he shows him his cigarette burns in his arm oh right yeah that was and he's like how much for it i'll give you a hundred okay also, i'll give you 150 what does a little kid care about money for like what right. kid is gonna trade their plane for money <laughs> and he starts right off the ba- first of all these parents left the kids the kid in the car alone glad you left the window open but it's also fucking freezing so. right i was gonna say like maybe you probably shouldn't have left the window open but, but whatever yeah it's like he he starts it with like did you get that for christmas like leave the fucking kid alone like enough like i think that whole scenario and him obsessed with the toys made by santa was a little ridiculous yeah again i think that if the movie had been a little bit longer and we got more backstory on that yeah they could have shown us more about him because i do feel like he was a bit one-dimensional as a villain right because you're thinking he became a hitman because he got coal on christmas well i mean i don't think i don't think the it's like the chicken and the egg you know i think Mm -hmm. he was probably a bad person before the coal but the coal just kind of made it worse and he directed (laughs) his anger towards santa that's what i'm saying he became a hitman because all the years as a child he got cold except for that little cop car yeah but he probably had the the rage and the sociopathy before before the coal i guess like he's not a bad kid because he got coal he got coal because he's a bad kid kind of like in mean girls when (laughs) when the one girl goes i don't hate you because you're fat you're fat (laughs) because i hate you exactly like that dawn exactly like that exactly what this movie was going for but yeah, so that was Fat Man. Yeah. The consensus is great movie. Yes. A plus if you're not into conventional ooey gooey Christmas movies. Right. It's it was it was well done. It was different. It was um well interesting. acted. Well acted. Short, so like very man like again, it could I would have been okay if it had been longer, but it was very watchable. Yes. Yep. But yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad I picked it. And I picked it, again, a lot of the times when I pick a movie, it's because I saw it and I'm like, oh, we got to do this. I just did it based on the little blurb on IMDb. <laughs> and I was like, this, we got to do this movie. And um, yeah, I'm glad we watched it. I liked yeah, it, it a lot. it was not a waste of time. No, not at all. Yeah, and we have one more lovely Christmas flick coming at you next week. Uh, the Ginger Dead Man, which that, I, um, I don't remember the person on Twitter, but they had posted it and 
just said, Ginger Dead Man 2008, um, has anyone seen this? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, we were looking for a third movie and I think I just found it. Yeah, and we were looking for something in the vein of Santa Jaws, something kind of ridiculous, yes. a little bit on the horror side, or not horror, but, you know, like sci-fi horror side. Right, side so of we things. got Killer Sofa slash Santa yes. Jaws. Yes, so I think, you know, Santa must have heard us and, and granted us this Christmas wish, so now we have the Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> we have the Ginger Dead Man starring Gary Busey, so this has got to be fucking <laughs> Double gold. whammy. And it's also um, a trilogy. Yes. So- so we have that to look forward to every yes. year. <laughs> Come back next December for Ginger Dead Man 2. And depending on how short they are, we could probably do the last two in one episode if we really wanted oh, to. Oh, ooh, that's a lot of Ginger Dead. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we have coming up. And then at the end of the month, our favorite show is back. <laughs> Emily in Paris. Did you watch the trailer? I did not. Oh, Dawn, you have to. I'm I just keep seeing the stills on like different Instagram accounts that are posting I'm already so them. mad at her. I am already furious. So Oh, I can tell just by the does stills. Does not bode well. I can tell just by the stills. I have, I have thoughts already. And how stupid she is. Yeah, yep, I can. I it's not already. hard to assume. We could do a whole episode just on the trailer, honestly. I have that many thoughts. That and she has bangs now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I not care. good. I don't necessarily care about that. She I don't is know. going it's through a, a life look. crisis, essentially. Ugh. She has been for three years. <laughs> True. And she's not making it any easier on herself. No. <laughs> so look forward to that amazing content coming your way. Yep. Yeah, so in the coming months and in the new year, we'll obviously be doing Emily in Paris. We'll throw in a movie or two. I don't think we're going to do a movie every week, obviously, because we'll have Emily in Paris until that's finished. But yeah, if you have any suggestions, um, again, we do love themes. So come February, if you know any good Valentine's movies, we'd love to hear what you got for us. When this comes out, though, there'll be new merch, a new design. If you watched, watched, if you listened to (laughs) our Don't Worry Darling episode, you will get the reference. And yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Don't forget, I mean, I don't think Twitter's going down. (laughs) <laughs> I, I want to say take a lot more to kill Twitter. Yeah, I think it's going to take a lot more. But again, we are on Hive. So you can find us on there and our Instagram and our website. I think that's it on my end. Do you have anything? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. I got nothing. No. I just sit here and look pretty. <laughs> you do. Much better than I do. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see you next time.